Good afternoon. Thank you for attending a 5.30 session. Our topic today is architecting Microsoft applications with VMware on AWS Cloud. My name is Bill Jacoby, Senior Solutions Architect at Amazon Web Services. I've been with Amazon for four years, and um, previously I worked for Microsoft for over 10 years. So I feel, I feel good about, about this topic, and we have a lot of great information to cover. So I'm going to talk about a number of, a number of topics here. The, the, top, the talk today will be broken up into four pieces. Uh, launching VMware Cloud on AWS Software Defined Data Center Cluster, sort of what, what's involved, and I'll talk, about, I'll talk about sort of the basics. There's a, a session called ENT 305, ENT 305. If you want to have a full um, hour session on nothing but the internals of VMware Cloud on AWS. So um, I'm, I'm not the guy to go into the uh, depth of, of how NSX works, for example, but, I, but plenty for knowing the, how to run Microsoft apps. We'll talk about what it means to run in a hybrid ecosystem, how to connect up uh, VMware Cloud on AWS with Amazon Web Services, and I'll go through an example. Um, I, could go through, I could have gone through any of the Microsoft servers, but I think SharePoint, because it uses... Active Directory, SQL Server, and, and is a large, complex server in its own right is a good example. Um, and I'll, and I'll, at, the, at the end, I'll take you through a demo of the whole thing. Okay, so the first big piece of my talk here is just essentially what is VMware Cloud on AWS? And VMware Cloud on AWS consists of really three, three big uh, buckets of functionality, uh, what you see in the middle, uh, vSphere, vSAN, and NXX. So vSphere is the basic virtualization platform uh, with support for ESXi virtual machines. And it's what, it's what uh, all of you who are running VMware on-premises are, are currently using. vSAN is a VMware storage environment. I'll talk, about, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how we've implemented vSAN in the VMware Cloud on AWS offering. Um, and NSX, of course, is the, is the software-defined networking portion from VMware that, that we have running on AWS. Now, in the case of VMware Cloud, all of it runs on top of AWS global infrastructure. So if you look on the left, this, is, this represents the customer data center, and I'll talk a bit about how we, how we link to the customer data center. And what's interesting about this architecture is that the customer data center and VMware Cloud on AWS are both managed by vCenter. And so you have a single uh, management interface that represents both the, the virtual machines and the, and the hosts that are running on AWS. Um, AWS just looks like another site to vCenter, and that site is, is listed and portrayed as a peer to the sites that you have running on-premises or in, in multiple data centers in, in your corporation. Okay, you can run on top of the on top of VMware Cloud on AWS. You can run uh, the usual uh, management tools if you use vRealize or PowerCLI. All of those uh, automation and programming uh, technologies continue to work because this half of the diagram um, is VMware and is and is uh, is coded and and developed by VMware. Now, if we extend the AWS global infrastructure on the right. What we've done with VMware Cloud is we've attached VMware Cloud in our data centers to uh, the traditional 
services that are that you think of on Amazon Web Services. So EC2, S3, um, Dynamo, et cetera, et cetera. And what we've done is we provide a VPC. You'll see this in sort of detail in just a second, but we provide a VPC that represents the, the blue portion and the, the uh, VMware technologies run inside their own VPC kind of uh, as, a way to, as a way to represent the networking infrastructure or underlying networking. And on the AWS side, we run, of course, in a, in a VPC. So let, let's peel the onion uh, back a layer. And if you want to run, if you want to launch a VMware cloud on, on an Amazon Web Services software-defined data center cluster, uh, you would start off with your, your same data center on the left. If you're not running NSX, it, it doesn't uh, matter. It doesn't matter. You can add uh, an NSX Edge Services appliance, and that will allow you to connect VMware. And, uh, and without NSX, um, no, no problem. This Edge appliance is something that uh, will attach to your environment, or I should say VMware will, will attach to your environment. And... Uh, that'll extend VMware Cloud on AWS environment to your, your corporate data center. Okay, and the next thing is, okay, if we, if we want to connect to VMware Cloud on AWS, we're going to connect to a, a VMware Cloud VPC. And what I'm showing you here is essentially the whole cloud auto-provisioned for you and configured for you at launch as a single tenant we provide a minimum of four hosts. Those hosts can run, uh, those hosts can run a large number of virtual machines, but that, those, hosts, those four hosts or, or greater are provided to you as single tenant hosts. So when you run on, on the VMware cloud side of this offering, you're running entirely on your own hardware, on hardware provision for you, okay? It is owned and operated by VMware. The, the, the servers, um, uh, NSX, vSAN, and, uh, and ESXi are all, are all uh, managed by, by uh, VMware, okay? Now, to sort of um, take, take this a step, a step further, if we want to add the Amazon side of this equation, we ask that you either bring your own VPC to this architecture, or if you're a new customer to Amazon, that you... Uh, create an account and you and you provision your own VPC, and then the next thing we'll do is we'll connect up, uh, we'll connect these two VPCs, and again that can be through a new account or or an existing account. Okay, so the next question is well how do we connect this integrated this uh, Siamese pair twins on the right? How do we connect um, the the VMware cloud on AWS side with your customer uh, with your customer uh, data center on premises? And the answer to that is we establish private connectivity using um, what you're probably used to on the AWS side. We use Direct Connect, and we'll connect that NSX Edge appliance through Direct Connect and, um, and through a private VIF, which will connect you to the, the private services on the, on the AWS side. I'll talk about accessing public services like S3 and DynamoDB, and I'll also talk about internet connectivity um, for from both halves in, in, a, in a little bit. Okay, so at this point, we've, we've linked 
VMware Cloud VPC and the customer VPC, we call the, the diagram on the right the VMware Cloud VPC, and we call the, the piece in the middle the Amazon, uh, the Amazon customer VPC. So in terms of terminology, that piece in the middle is the customer VPC. And uh, we do the linkage with what we call v a VMware Cloud ENI, Elastic Network Interface. And so this Elastic Network Interface, um, we have ENI, we've had ENIs for many years in AWS. And what we're doing is we're using a, a VMware Cloud ENI, which allows um, sort of two ends of, a, of an ENI that span accounts, that span the VMware account and, it, and the VMware VPC with the Amazon account and the Amazon VPC. We have an ENI that, that lives in both worlds, and that becomes the basis for interconnectivity between VMware Cloud and the AWS custom, customer VPC. So, um, so we talk about, we talk about connecting the, the Amazon customer side with the VMware side using, um, using uh, VPC endpoints, whose technical impl implementation is through ENIs. Okay, and I've, I've now added in to the diagram um, your EC2 instances, um, as well as uh, managed services that are uh, inside of your VPC. And we also, have, uh, we also have a VPC endpoint for things like Amazon S3. So if you look at the bottom of the middle diagram, that represents a VPC endpoint for S3 or a, a VPC endpoint for the other services that, uh, for which we uh, provide VPC connectivity through, through an endpoint. Okay, and so this diagram gives you essentially the whole picture of the customer data center on the left connecting um, using the NSX Edge appliance to route through AWS Direct Connect. Um, AWS Direct Connect provides access through a private VIF into, your, into the private subnets um, of your VPC. If you go from Direct Connect down, we're using a public VIF, which allows us to connect to the public services of AWS. And so through Direct Connect, we can, we can create a network connection both to the the private side of your VPC um, and private subnets, as well as the, the public side of, of uh, public services that Amazon provides um, that, are, that are in our AWS region. Okay, so this is sort of the quick, quick version of what VMware Cloud on AWS looks like, and I wanna dive into kind of how it works and go, go a little bit deeper than, than these diagrams. So let's talk about operating in a hybrid ecosystem. And I've got a couple examples so uh, if you want to operate, so what I'm, by, by hybrid in this case, what I mean is uh, you have some things that you're running on the VMware side and some things that you're running on the AWS side. And I'll, I'll go through a number of examples of, of what those kinds of things might be. So the first example is you're running an application on premises that you would like to move up to the cloud. Maybe you want to consult, maybe you're in the process of contracting your data center and uh, you'd like to um, slow down your purchase of, of hardware in your data center and start moving to cloud. Um, so, and you have applications that are currently on-prem and you'd like to move them to a, to a cloud environment. So XVMotion, cross-account, uh, using cross-account ENIs and using XVMotion, the same VMotion that you're used to using on-prem, um, is what will allow you to move a virtual machine from your data center 
to the right side of the pre previous diagram, VMware Cloud on, on AWS. Another, another example, you may want to copy, a, copy an object from a virtual machine on the VMware Cloud side to an Amazon S3 bucket. And I'll, I'll talk about and show you a diagram of how we do that. You may want to connect to a data warehouse. You may want to connect a virtual machine that's running on the VMware side and take advantage of Amazon Redshift as a, as a data warehouse. So I'll, I'll, I'll show with a quick, di a quick di diagram of how we accomplish that. Um, and lastly, I want to talk about how, uh, how a, a virtual machine or an application, which is outside of this environment, um, can connect to VMware Cloud uh, using the public internet. And so these are, I think these four use cases cover an awful lot of the, a lot of the scenarios that people are interested in with VMware Cloud on AWS. And by the way, I'm gonna kind of tie this all together. This is, at a, this is sort of the, the diagram, you know, diagram architecture view, and I'm gonna go through this very specifically for, uh, with SharePoint as an example. Okay, so let's take, let's take those four examples um, one after the other. So in the case of um, using, using um, XVMotion to, to move a virtual machine from on-premises to the VMware Cloud, if you, if you take a look at the uh, diagram on the left, this is a virtual machine that, that you have running on-premises. Um, it's running in your data center, and you've decided for whatever reason you want to bring over the the operating system, the data volumes, um, over, over to VMware Cloud on the AWS side. So you'll identify the target, and you'll use uh, XVMotion, and by identifying that the target is a different site within vCenter, um, the VMware Cloud on AWS is just simply an, a new site. And so vMotion works between on-prem and uh, VMware Cloud on AWS. So that, that's um, sort of the, the simplest and easiest way to, to move workloads from on-prem to VMware Cloud. Okay, and let, let's talk about the next use case. Let's talk about if you have an object or a, maybe a file or, or a blob on the VMware Cloud side on the right that you'd like to store in an Amazon S3 bucket um, in the middle on the, on the bottom of the diagram. So. Uh, what we would do in this case is uh, we, would take, we would take an object that lives in the virtual machine on the right, that, that green square box, and the object is, is that little red, red dot. And what we want to do is we want to we be able to store it and move it to Amazon S3. So uh, the way we do that is uh, we create a path that goes, through the, that goes through the VMware Cloud Elastic Network Interface and that elastic network interface acts as, a, acts as an endpoint, and that's where we provide um, firewall rules and, and ACLs. And so, uh, so from a VMware cloud application, you're able to directly target um, Amazon S3 as a service um, through, the, through, the, uh, through the Amazon VPC endpoint for S3. Okay, and Amazon S3 thinks that it's receiving an object from just a regular Amazon network. There's no NATing involved. There's no, there's no um, special routing involved. This is, um, as long as you go through the VMware Cloud ENI, um, that becomes a routing target, and the target can be this VPC endpoint, which in turn gives us um, routing directly to S3. 
And by the way, I, it's, the same, it's the same architecture and approach if we're using DynamoDB or if we're using any of the other public services that, that we make available in, in AWS. Okay, so let's take, let's take the third example I mentioned. Let's take Redshift. Let's say that you want to do um, data warehousing using, um, using Redshift. You want to take a virtual machine that's generating a lot of data and you want to be able to analyze it in, in Redshift, which, which lives in the AWS side of the, of the architecture. So what you would do in this case is we want to connect the virtual machine um, to, uh, we want to connect the virtual machine on the right to, the, to Redshift on, on the left. And uh, the network path is, is approximately the same. In this case, um, we don't need to go through a, a, a VPC endpoint because uh, Redshift doesn't live in a public address space of AWS. We can just directly target, um, a VM can just directly target um, uh, Redshift in this, in this diagram. So there's kind of e easy connectivity t if you have a connection string to just point to what, what, is the, what is the target destination as defined by a connection string using a DNS name resolution, or you could use a direct IP, and, and that's handled, that, those translations are handled between the VMware side and the AWS side. I, I'm, I, I don't think I said it explicitly, but when we set up the, in the very beginning, when we set up the VMware Cloud VPC, it will have typically a different CIDR range, a different network address range, than what your AWS VPC will have. Or put another way, there's no requirement that you homogenize or normalize your VPC ranges and uh, IPs between, between the two clouds. Okay, so that's the Redshift example. And let's, let's take the last example of, um, of providing access to VMware Cloud from somebody on, from somewhere on the internet. So in, in this example, what we want to do is we want to connect a virtual machine that lives on the internet. So my green box is pointing at the internet, and this, this refers to a virtual machine that may be, may be anywhere on the internet. And um, what, what we're going to do in this case is uh, we're, going to, we're, we're going to use the, um, the uh, IGW to create a direct connection between anything on the internet. Uh, the key point in, in using the IGW is that we need to assign an elastic IP uh, to the resource that uh, we want to make available on the internet. So just like you would in a VPC today and expose an instance or a resource to the public internet, we assign an elastic IP and the, and the, the the target for the Elastic IP can be either in the AWS VPC or in the VMware Cloud VPC. Okay, and when we do that, then we establish connectivity from the IGW through an internal routing mechanism that ultimately passes through the VMware Cloud ENI. The VMware Cloud ENI is what applies, applies firewall rules. You can think of this um, as analogous to security groups in the Amazon world. And if security rules allow, then um, using, using, um, you're, you're addressing your VMware uh, virtual machine using a public IP address. Okay, so this has been kind of the, the really quick uh, sort of diagrammatic tour of what VMware Cloud on AWS is. There's a couple pieces that are, that are really important to, to be aware of. Um, one is that 
the VMware Cloud Transit endpoints all reside in the customer VPC. And so um, neither VMware uh, neither VMware nor AWS is um, in any way controlling the network access and network policy that you have around around network interconnectivity. You'll you continue to use um, you continue to use security groups on the AWS side. So from the VMware side, if you're addressing an instance on the on the AWS side, you would continue to use security groups um, from the AWS side. The way that you would know or the way that you would target a virtual machine on the VMware side is we make available we make available this ENI um, we we expose an endpoint that is is um, very similar to a VGW and so we if you want to target an endpoint in the VMware cloud VPC which has a different address space than your private VPCs you just, just in the same way that you would use a VGW to say, I want to target on-premise address spaces, you would use the, the, the same construct to target VMware uh, VMs. Okay, and so that's my second bullet, that, that you as a customer um, control, maintain full security control over the transit path. Um, on the VMware side, going out, you have VMware firewall rules. On the AWS side, um, protecting ingress, you have AWS uh, security groups. And, and not only security groups, but you, you have knackles uh, to protect subnets, and um, you have ac you, you'll create flow logs for, uh, for logging and, and, um, and being able to look at all packets that come in and out um, and, and all network features that are part of VPC. Now, for, uh, for those of you who didn't see the announcement, it was only about two weeks ago that VMware announced, um, announced vSphere and vCenter 6.5. So uh, these offer a number of new capabilities, um, starting with vCenter uh, 6.5, VM vMotion traffic is encrypted. Um, the VM itself is, is encrypted. There's a, a much deeper set of logging that's built in. And everything on the VMware side is provided by VMware, so it is it is VMware. It's not um, a, sort of a it, it's not um, anything other than than VMware. The VMware side is provided by VMware, and I'll just mention that your relationship in procuring the VMware cloud and AWS is is through VMware. It's not through AWS. We host it with global infra infrastructure, and we provide these means of interconnectivity. But the, but the actual offering is a, is a VMware offering. And as a VMware offering, they provide the, um, they provide the infrastructure patching, they upgrade um, all those, uh, they upgrade vSAN, NSX, um, vSphere, vCenter. So they'll upgrade and patch all, all of their components. Okay, now I wanna kind of um, sort of take this from the architectural level to an actual example and, um, and, and walk through what, a, what an actual example would look like and like I said at the beginning, I, I decided that I thought SharePoint would probably be a pretty good example. So this, is, this diagram is what we normally uh, show, show and, and talk about when we want to talk about SharePoint running on Amazon Web Services. No, no VMware involved whatsoever. And this diagram is showing uh, the, the usual organization in which uh, users who live on the internet on the far left would access an internet gateway an internet gateway would allow traffic to come in that would hit an elastic load balancer or an application load balancer. 
and that would distribute traffic across two availability zones, providing high availability in the event that either availability zone uh, uh, has, a, um, has a hiccup. Um, this also provides a, a, a higher level of, of scalability. And for the actual SharePoint architecture, um, what we, what sort of the canonical representation of SharePoint is, let's divide it into each tier of the application and provide private addressing and security controls for the web tier, app tier, database tier, and Active Directory tier. Um, and if you've got really good eyesight, you can see how, you can, you can see the CIDR ranges that we've used to divide up, to carve up the VPC that, that makes up this, this architecture. Um, and all, there's the other Microsoft infrastructure is in there as well, like remote desktop gateways, um, the NAT gateway as a service that we provide. I haven't shown in this diagram connectivity to on-premises, but that would use Direct Connect ju um, just like you would typically connect to on-premises. On okay, so this is um, sort of the mineral traditional topology of, of SharePoint. Now, how, how would we do this differently on VMware Cloud on AWS? So this is the overall flow, and I'm gonna walk you through the, a number, I'm gonna build up this overall flow, but just um, as a roadmap for where we're headed, um, the, the process is, it can be basically thought of as, what am I gonna do on the VMware side? What should I do on the VMware, cl v VMware uh, cloud on AWS side? And what should I do on the, on the AWS customer VPC side? So starting at the, at the top left, we're gonna start off with um, adding the components to VMware Cloud. And I'll talk sort of at the end about why I'm putting certain pieces on VMware Cloud and other pieces on, on AWS. Um, but we'll start off by, if you don't have it, by provisioning VMware Cloud and AWS in the first place. Um, I'm sort of, for, for this presentation, I'm, for this talk, I'm, I'm assuming that VMware Cloud is, is already stood up. Um, and, and then once VMware Cloud is provisioned, you would, add, you would carve up your VPC into subnets, you would create your firewall rules, you would define your, your overall IP ranges, and you would, um, you would get your basic, your basic networking infrastructure in place. Then, then you would set up sort of basic interconnectivity, and I'll, I'll show you um, Direct Connect and VPN and how, um, how, how those pieces would come into play. Then we wanna sort of pop up and make sure that we have all the Microsoft pieces. So I'm gonna put Active Directory which includes DNS and routing onto the VMware Cloud side. Uh, and I'm gonna put SQL Server on the VMware Cloud side, uh, which will take advantage of Active Directory, DNS, and, and routing. So the top half of this diagram is really the VMware Cloud, cloud side of things. And if we continue from the bottom left to the right, then we'll, then we'll sort of fill in SharePoint. Basically, I'm gonna put the web front ends and SharePoint uh, application servers in the AWS VPC. Um, first, I've got to do some networking. Let's identify those subnets that I listed on the previous screen. Um, you, you lay down the subnets, you lay down the routing, you set up the internet gateway, you set up either your own NAT instances or, or use our NAT ser service, kind of the, ba the basic plumbing on the left. Then we'll add Microsoft technology to the AWS side remote desktop gateway and AWS directory service as a way to project uh, AD from VMware Cloud. Sort, uh, I'll talk about this more, um, how AWS directory service provides directory, uh, provides AD. We'll install SharePoint once we have the, once we've laid down the structure and, and um, network 
connectivity of the solution will install SharePoint. And we can use sort of any of the architectural design patterns of SharePoint. It doesn't matter if you're using, like my previous diagram, the traditional uh, streamlined, streamlined topology or the SharePoint 2016 mineral. All, all of them are equally, equally fine on, uh, in this architecture. And then the last um, sort of part of the puzzle are some of the, th some of the things that I was showing on my last few slides of VMware Cloud how we will integrate SharePoint with S3, Amazon Workspaces, um, Elastic Load Balancers, Application Load Balancers, CloudFront. Um, uh, you could use ElastiCache. You could, you could, um, um, you could, you could do log analysis with Redshift. Um, so any of the cloud services that are available on the AWS side, you could then attach to a SharePoint um, architecture. So this is sort of the roadmap, and and what I want to do is kind of walk through how how we would set this up, and I'll, I'll come back to um, sort of the why piece once I've walked through the, the basic building blocks. So, so this picture is meant to be, this is meant to be the, the um, unadorned version of VMware Cloud on AWS. There's nothing ru running here. What, what you see on the right represents, um, where I say Amazon EC2 on the right, that really represents this minimum of four host machines. Um, and represents the you know the the storage that comes with those host machines, and represents the the basic ESS, ESXi infrastructure to support those virtual machines. And if you can read the the, the very small um, NSX blue dot, um, we have we have a software defined network that's that's um, sort of integrated with ESXi. So this is just essentially nothing, um, but VMware Cloud on AWS on the left. The first thing I'm doing is I'm putting Active Directory on the right side of the diagram. Actually, the reason I'm doing that is because every customer, ha every customer that I know has Active Directory on-premises, and it's very easy to extend or wh whether, whether you're extending Active Directory or replicating it or federating it, it's very easy to get Active Directory into VMware. VMware has been doing this for, a, for more than a decade. And so the easy thing to do is, if you're running Active Directory on VMware today, to put Active Directory on VMware Cloud on, on AWS. Okay, and that's, um, and you can vMotion that, or you can just create a new virtual machine, and with a new virtual machine, either from a template or from scratch, you can install the Active Directory domain services um, roles, and, roles and features. Okay, so the next step is, okay, let's lay down SQL Server and um, VMware Cloud on AWS is really strong in storage features. It's got really high performance. It's got, it's got, um, it's got uh, NVMe storage, high performance SSD storage. Um, it's got a lot of it. And, uh, and so the storage architecture, running SQL Server on VMware Cloud on AWS runs, um, runs in, a, in a really high performant way. And the, the vSAN piece of VMware Cloud and AWS supports a whole range of storage or high availability options, um, some of which aren't available um, or aren't easily available on the AWS side. So let me sort of give two examples. The example on my slide here is just setting up SQL always on between two nodes, um, two SQL Server nodes, a primary and a secondary on, on the VMware Cloud side. Um, this works the same way that it works on premises. There's you set up listeners and 
and the and there's a witness that detects whether a node is down and if the node is down it sort of updates the DNS records of the listener to point to the node that that um, it has continued to survive um, nothing is different about always on on the VMware cloud and AWS side you can also support other technologies for example technologies that require shared storage like failover cluster instances so there's a lot of great technology for the the storage subsystem um, you can also support sort of uh, previous technologies like mirroring and log shipping. But the, but, the, but the two that are sort of considered the gold standard, if I, if I uh, may be so bold, are always on availability groups and failover cluster instances which, which, run, which run well on VMware Cloud. Okay, so that's the VMware side or, or a skeleton of the VMware side. And now let's set, up the, let's set up SharePoint on the AWS customer VPC. So the first thing we do is um, we've linked these two accounts. And the way we've linked the two accounts is by using this technology that we're, that we're calling VMware Cloud ENIs, Elastic Network Interfaces. This technology is, um, if you're, is the same technology, is a similar technology to what we use in a current VPC where an ENI allows you to set up, for example, um, a, 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 network, a, a network interface and a set of security groups in one subnet of a VPC, and the same ENI can be stretched and support network interfaces and security groups in another subnet of the same VPC. What, what we're showing in this case is an extension of that ENI technology in which we're actually providing cross-account ENIs. And so the, perform so, the, so the way we're linking these two accounts is through, through an ENI that, uh, in which an ENI uh, is straddling these two accounts because the VMware Cloud VPC is running in a VMware provisioned account on your behalf, and your, your account is, is, is your own account. So we're actually connecting the two VPCs over ENI's um, cr cross-account. So that's what provides the linking technology. And uh, the next thing that I, I would do for SharePoint is I would stand up AWS Directory Service. Um, the reason why is AWS Directory Service simplifies and abstracts and reduces some of the um, undifferentiated heavy lifting of managing Active Directory. AWS Directory Service runs Active Directory. It actually uses, it, it provides Active Directory as a service, but behind the curtain, if you will, are actual instances of Windows Server 2012 R2. So we're running actual domain controllers, but we're, we're manage, managing them as AWS and providing, um, we're providing IP addresses that your instances in the VPC can, can connect to. It's just you don't have to manage the actual domain controllers. We're backing them up. We're setting up replication. Um, if there's a failure, we have automatic, uh, automatic host replacement. So we're, so we're, so we're um, taking a domain controller on the VMware Cloud side, and we're saying, yeah, you can have that support the same users, groups, and computer objects on the AWS side, and we're going to provide it as a managed service. Okay, so once we have Active Directory on the AWS side, then we can then we can keep going, and we can add a little more of the of the uh, sort of basic plumbing. So we'll add remote desktop gateways um, on the on the left uh, uh, DMZ subnets, and this is for sort of traditional RDPing into the private subnets. Um, you can use these as uh, jump boxes for remote PowerShell. Um, and we have a NAT gateway so that the private subnets 
um, that, you, that you see listed there. The, the instances that live in those private subnets can use our NAT gateway service to connect out through the IGW uh, to, to the internet. Okay, so let me, fill, let me go ahead and uh, fill in the, um, the SharePoint servers. So at this point, I would, so I have all the infrastructure I need. I have Active Directory, I've got SQL Server, I've got, um, I've got uh, connectivity for, I've got connectivity from inside, um, either VMware Cloud or AWS to, to the internet, and through the internet, internet gateway, users can come in from the left and access a, a SharePoint environment. Okay, so this is um, the majority of the solution. And then uh, if you remember my roadmap slide, there's some other uh, pixie dust that we, can, that we can sprinkle on this solution to make the overall solution a little better. So uh, one, one quick piece of, it's not really pixie dust, but another piece of infrastructure is we'll add the elastic load balancer so that when user traffic comes in, it's distributed across the two availability zones. I also, at the same time, I added the Amazon S3 bucket so that um, one of the, one of the uh, technologies that works really well with SharePoint is, is RBS, remote blob storage, where you can take files out of SharePoint and store them, um, for example, in an S3 bucket. And so this is, uh, in my example previously, where I showed how you would create connectivity, we can do this with SharePoint and store, um, typically Microsoft recommends that you store large blobs. Instead of in SQL Server, you externalize them to, um, to an object store or, or a file system. So in this case, we would use a remote blob store technology in SharePoint and, and store uh, blobs in, in, um, in an S3 bucket. There's other interesting things you can do as well, like, like archive content that hasn't been accessed for two years and and treat S3 as the storage instead of SQL Server because the cost of, of, an, of, S3, of an S3, um, the S3 service is lower than the cost of EBS. Okay, and lastly, I've added Amazon Workspaces to provide an alternative to uh, user desktops. You can, this is a, a hosted desktop and it gives users access to the environment here. So ju just a few examples of adding Amazon services to what would otherwise be a vanilla uh, SharePoint architecture. Okay, and there's a sort of a couple points that I would make about this overall uh, diagram. Um, the first one is the first one is uh, around Active Directory, and I tend to think of Active Directory and VMware Cloud um, as an extension of on-premises AD that you're extending to AWS, and so all of the things that you would need to do with Active Directory if you were doing it on-premises or if you were, wherever you're doing native Active Directory, you would need to configure AD sites and services. This is important because you have to still take into account your sites and subnets um, and site link costs and um, configure all that for, for um, an, AD, an AD architecture. You actually have multiple options for integrating with AWS directory service. So there are other talks here at reInvent that go into the details of, you know, in my case, I have, um, I have extended Active Directory from VMware Cloud directly to the AWS directory service, but you can also take advantage of um, trust relationships, one-way trust relationships, two-way trust relationships. You could put a subdomain on the AWS side and, uh, and the, 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 a, a two-level domain on the VMware Cloud side. 
You can use ADFS for federation. You can use third-party tools. So there's, a, there's actually a huge number of options for connecting Active Directory, kind of classic Active Directory, to um, the AWS Directory service. Um, then the sort of next point is um, SQL Server. And I mentioned that SQL Server has great storage capabilities um, and uh, is, a, is a very well-known workload in the VMware world. So provisioning SQL Server on VMware Cloud gives you a number of capabilities that, are, that, are, um, that make it easy to migrate to the cloud and make the cloud sort of an easier next step. So using XVMotion, um, like my diagram in the very beginning showed, you can move SQL Server, um, SQL Server the, the operating system of SQL Server and the SQL Server data volumes. You can just um, lift and shift SQL Server directly to VMware Cloud on AWS. And um, it, it's an option that makes that a little bit easier. Um, there are, again, there are other sessions that talk about how you might want to migrate SQL Server to AWS. There's a whole range of options. There's a database migration service. There's an AWS snowball service. Um, there's just simply backup and restore. Um, there's direct connect um, to, uh, to just move, uh, replicate um, databases directly. There's always on availability groups that span AWS and, and on-premises. So there's actually lots of ways to move SQL Server. Um, XVMotion is um, probably one of the most straightforward way, ways to do this. And most VMware customers are, are knowledgeable and, um, and proficient in, I mean, that's, they, they've been using VMotion for a long time. So on the SQL Server side, um, I mentioned that you have a couple options for high availability whether it's always on availability groups or failover cluster instances or you know, mirroring or log shipping, all that works. What I didn't show, which is an interesting, an interesting option, is you can provide high availability between the VMware cloud side and the AWS side. So you could set up an always on availability group in which the primary lives on the VMware cloud side and your secondary lives on the AWS customer VPC side. Um, so a reason for doing this would be if you're concerned about the availability of, if you're concerned about the entire account or the entire VPC on either side, either the Amazon side or the VMware side, um, being a single point of failure, you can, you can have an availability group span, spanning both sides. Okay, and I, uh, we're not really talking about speeds and feeds and performance of the service right now. Um, but if you're in the beta program, you'll be able to test performance. And because all of the, because the infrastructure of VMware and our infrastructure runs in the same data centers, um, I can tell you that the performance feels, you know, it feels like you're on a LAN. Um, there's it, it, the, the whole vMotion thing would only work if if you if you had had high bandwidth and low latency. Okay, and, and I configured the SharePoint roles on the customer VPC to point to SQL Server. That, that, um, that, that's an easy thing to do. It's easy to set up SharePoint roles on the AWS customer side. Um, I could have done it on the VMware side, but I wanted to sort of divide up, divide up the architecture. We have CloudFormation templates that make it, that allow you to deploy um, these SharePoint roles. And so you can use a template if you want to just make that part of the architecture very, very simple. And then there were a couple of pieces that I said were, were new. And um, let's try clicking again. And so one of, the, one of the pieces that's new is using Amazon Workspaces to provision cloud users. 
Um, and, uh, and if you provision Amazon Workspaces, you get these hosted desktops um, who use the Active Directory services from AWS Directory service to connect with um, VMware Cloud um, or even connect with on-premises if you have two-way trusts. Um, so Amazon Workspaces is just a, a way to enhance the solution. Um, you can also, like my example a minute ago, you can use Amazon S3 to support remote, uh, remote to, to take it to, to be a, a target for remote blob storage for uh, SharePoint documents. So now I wanted to go into kind of a quick demo of this whole thing and, um, and show you what it, what it actually looks like. So um, let me uh, switch machines here. Okay, and on my uh, demo laptop, um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to log into my uh, log into AWS, and um, I'm uh, this is I'm I'm logging into an AW, AWS account that's already linked to the VMware Cloud account. Hello. Okay, and so this, uh, this, uh, you know, th this is this is just AWS. You won't see a VMware Cloud service on the AWS side. If you if you look at all the services, you won't see VMware Cloud in here because, like I said at the very beginning, this is a service you would get directly through through VMware. But if we jump into um, if we jump into the VPC, um, or if we jump into EC2, and uh, let, let's take um, let's take a look at just the just the instances that I've created on the on the EC2 side. I, I, I don't have a huge number of servers here, but I've got a SharePoint deployment that um, that gives me uh, I think um, eight SharePoint web front ends, and um, server number six happens to be a, deployed as an as a SharePoint application server. My remote desktop gateway. Um, I've put a domain controller on the AWS side as well as AWS directory services. You, you actually don't, don't need to do both. Um, and on the VMware side, so if I want to uh, take a look at what does this look like on the VMware side, I'll log into uh, VMware Cloud Services. And what this is bringing up for me is um, the the environment for uh, for vCenter, okay, and I've actually got vCenter already opened over here, and what I want to show you on on this side is that if you remember my architectural diagram, I only had the two SQL nodes, SQL node one and SQL node two, as well as the uh, quote unquote on-prem um, Active Directory. So I've really, so for my demo, demo four, I really only have um, three virtual machines that I'm running in this environment. And if I want to take a look at any of those machines, I can use um, vCenter capabilities. So in this case, I'm going to just launch their uh, web console um, for uh, Active Directory. And we'll go ahead and log in. Okay, and this is the so this is the this is the uh, domain controller that's running as a as an ESXi virtual machine, and all the uh, sort of usual things that you would 
um, that you would expect, uh, you know, this isn't meant to be a, a session really of, um, of uh, active, I'm, this isn't a drill down on the Microsoft stuff. I've got 10,000 users. Um, I've got a set of computers. You can see the VMware side, because we've got Active Directory, I've also got DNS, and so you can see, uh, oh, I can, I can bring up DNS directly. Um, you know, nothing, nothing, if you've been working in the Microsoft world, um, n none of this is new. This is all, this is all just, um, this is all just, uh, you know, garden variety Active Directory that you've been using for, for a long time. And I can see things like my SharePoint web front end uh, server, you know, I've got it, I've, I've got its A record and its PTR records and, um, and I'll, and I'll just bring up one final thing. Um, I'm Active Directory sites and services and you'll be able to see that what we've done, I didn't, I didn't cover this. This is actually covered more in the, in the drill down AD sessions, but, uh, but we, we've divided each subnet of each VPC into its own site for routing reasons. And then you can use site link costs to define the logical costs of, 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 uh, of sending domain traffic from one subnet to another. So of course, the, the logical cost is going to be much greater to, to have a, a member server or a workstation authenticate um, across direct connect to a virtual machine either on the VMware side or on the AWS side. So you'll set up site link costs and, um, you know, so I've, I've set up the subnets that I have here. The 192.168 network is the VMware network and the 2.172.16 networks are the AWS network. Okay, and, and you can see that I've got three sites and I, I, I won't, so you can see this is like just, you know, regular garden variety Active Directory. Um, I don't really, just in the interest of time, I'm not gonna, I just wanna show you that SQL Server is, is up and running. Um, let me go back to vSphere here and we'll go to our primary node and launch the web console. And what's interesting is, I guess, uh, I, guess I should have maybe said this earlier, what's interesting is once you've set up the basic plumbing, the network infrastructure for what's happening on VMware and AWS, at that point, you're living in the Microsoft world. So I'm logging in here to uh, SQL Server, and I'm not doing anything with VPCs and route tables and endpoints and um, direct connects and any, you know, this, this is a, this is, at this point, this is, um, you know, uh, SS, SSMS is just SQL Server, and it just happens to be running on, on ESX. So, um, let me, uh, let me sort of, you'll see this, you'll see it's, you know, garden variety SQL Server. If you're familiar with the sort of uh, database layout of SharePoint, you can, you can see it all here. So let's um, now switch over to what we have running on the AWS side, and I wanna show you the interconnectivity. So on the AWS side, I showed you the instances before. Um, if you didn't catch it, I don't have the three machines that I showed you on the VMware side. So you don't see um, SQL N1, SQL N2, and you don't see SQL AD because those are running, you know, those are tossed over the wall. Um, but you do see all the other machines that I have here. And let's just connect through our gateway and, and take, a look at, um, take a look at our environment from inside, inside of AWS. 
I've already connected this environment, so I may not, uh, well, I, can, I can go ahead and log in again. Whoa. Uh, I was already connected, so I guess I had hit my connection limit. Okay, so uh, what I have running here on the left side is, uh, is this utility, Remote Desktop Connection Manager, and this allows me to take a look at all the virtual machines that make up both environments. And I'm using this particular, uh, I'm using this particular utility because since I have network connectivity to both sides, at this point I can also click on a virtual machine by IP address. By the way, this happens to be the SQL box, SQL N1 box. I can connect to the SQL N2 box. I can, I can connect to uh, SQL AD, which is the authoritative um, Active Directory that you, that I just showed you a second ago. Um, that that's actually the secondary, I guess. And I can connect to the uh, primary as well. Uh, node, node one and and node two. Okay, so that's the entire environment. And from a SharePoint perspective, um, so you know, sort of the like sort of ultra basic stuff. Um, I mean, just you know, just to show that it works, I've got I've set up just the template for a portal, the template for a blog, the template for a team site. No customization, just to sort of wire everything up. SharePoint Central Admin. Um, you can take a look at um, you can take a look at everything that's that's in the farm. You can see all the all the different uh, all the different uh, uh, SharePoint roles. I mentioned earlier that SharePoint Role Six is an application role. So I can load things like search and um, and other application services onto that role. And um, now, where what where things actually get interesting is so this is just basic SharePoint. You've seen basic a AD. Now let me add sort of the cloud cloud aspects of it. So the first cloud aspect of it is um, I'm going to open up um, Elastic Load Balancing in the cloud, uh, ELB in the in the console. Uh, because I want to I want to show you the elastic load balancer, and then we'll access SharePoint through the ELB instead of um, just um, going through each each individual um, each individual instance. Uh, come on, ELB, you can you can load. So ELB will will in fact load. Let me. There we go. And uh, what I've configured for elastic load balance, the elastic load balancer here is um, a load balancer that's sending traffic to my three subnets on the AWS side, uh, to US West 2A, 2B, and 2C out of, out of uh, Portland. Um, I've, got a, I've got the DNS name, which is gonna resolve to my, to my instances. And, um, and let, me just, you know, let me just show you, uh, we're sort of coming, coming towards the end but if I access my portal through the ELB, take, take a look at, um, oh, let's go ahead and um, provide the user and the password. Okay, and if you look very carefully at the top here, what you're seeing is that, um, what you're seeing is that I'm accessing my uh, SharePoint one of, one of the SharePoint uh, web front ends through internal dash deal uh, demo for ELB, you know, and I'm, and I'm uh, trying to resolve this page. Uh, 
let's uh, let's just hit F five here, I guess. This uh, this is is supposed to resolve. While while this is resolving, I'll, I'll maybe come back to that. Let's go ahead and take a look at um, the AWS. Oh, it still is it still is uh, loading the page. Let's go ahead and load the um, AWS uh, directory service, which is providing the managed AD side on the AWS side. And um, AWS directory service open in a, in a new tab. I don't see the new tab popping up. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, maybe I'll do it in a in a new window. Um, Not sure what's happening with Internet Explorer. Um, maybe I'll try it from just another uh, another one of my uh, another one of my boxes. So uh, so if we just want to bring up um, eight, or I can do it directly from the console. Uh, so if I want to open up AWS, okay, now it looks like it's at least trying to open. Let's see, I'm gonna to go to the console because I think doing this out of rem I'm not sure if I'm not sure if we're losing network connectivity or or what's happening here. <laughs> but just to give it another shot, let's go I'm outside of the remote desktop environment and let's go directly to AWS directory service. Okay, that's a little better. And there's my directory. And um, and what my directory is is it's a it's a demo that's um, providing directory services across two of my two of my um, subnets in my uh, customer VPC, and um, and if I click on the directory, you'll be able to see that um, I'm I'm uh, connected to SQL DOM .local, the name of my directory. I'm using uh, I'm using managed AD to. Um, support this uh, uh, AD as a service capability. Um, again, you can see the subnets that are being that are being supported. And because I'm using AWS Directory Service, I have support for these um, alternative services that are only cloud-based, like like WorkSpaces and and WorkDocs. Okay, and I I don't know if you uh, caught it when I was showing Active Directory uh, users and computers. I think we have 10,000 users and users in this directory. Um, Okay, so that's AWS directory, and let, let's see if the let's see if uh, the load balancer is working. I don't know why before that didn't come up. Do I already have that? Let's just jump down to my load balancer. Okay, and here's here's my load balancer, and let's grab the DNS name of my load balancer, because what users are going to be doing. It, I've actually set up an internal load balancer, so I, I should point. I should use this from inside my VPC. And if we, oh, the directory did finally come up. And uh, so let's uh, access SharePoint now through my load balancer. And um, you can see I'm hitting one of my instances, and it's pulling up, pulling up my portal. And every time I hit refresh, it's 
it's generating another one of those sites through one of those um, seven or eight um, uh, SharePoint web front ends or, or the, the single uh, SharePoint application server. Okay, so um, there you have it, VMware Cloud on AWS. I, I guess I just wanna close with the, the, the interesting thing to me is the fact that we make it very easy to get VMware virtual machines and technology and we let you use the skills you have to use that knowledge on AWS. We provide a high-performance version of VMware Cloud on AWS. And then you can use VMware where it provides things that are uh, best of breed. So things like vSAN storage. And I didn't, you know, other, other sessions have talked about things like tunneling layer two um, encapsulated inside of layer uh, TCP IP layer three. So there are just there are scenarios that VMware supports that we don't support that we now can provide in, a, in, a, in an integrated cloud environment. And conversely, being able to use things like AWS directory service and workspaces and load balancer, lo, our load balancer provides additional pixie dust and capabilities that enhance solutions that may have a piece of it running in VMware. So uh, we're very excited about this offering and thank you for uh, joining the session today.